재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Every Sunday, we start the show with Helen Cho's hot new releases. Helen is a freelance translator, interpreter, and book news reporter for The Bookend. Good morning, Helen. Good morning. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm good. Happy May Day. Yes. Happy May Day. Mm-hmm. Do you celebrate May Day? Oh, not really. I celebrate Sundays, <laughs> though. <laughs> and bookends. Uh, yes, yes. Exactly. Um, so it's the season of spring festivals, finally. One of the biggest and most exciting festivals taking place in Korea every spring is the Jeonju International Film Festival, which kicked off last Thursday, April 28th. You must have gone through this year's program already because you're, you're a huge film fan. I am too, yes. Mm-hmm. Which films would you like to discuss today? Um, there is a whole section on Shakespeare in mm-hmm. cinema, and I love yes. both Shakespeare and films. So this. Okay. For me, it's like Christmas and birthday rolled into one. Uh And May Day. And (laughs) Sunday. Yes. (laughs) So with the help of the British Council and a leading film distributor, the festival this year has prepared a special program to commemorate the 400th anniversary of Shakespeare's death. Mm -hmm. And the selection was based on faithful representation and reinterpretation of the original Shakespearean works. And there is a total of eight films that have been chosen to be screened at this year's film festival. Mm. And you can meet all the big names of stage and screen in these eight films, starting with the first title that's dramatic but awfully quiet. Yes. The first um, film is called Silent Shakespeare or Mm -hmm. 무성시대의 Shakespeare by um, collect a whole group of directors, including William Kennedy. And this is a newly digitized um, compilation of 100 year, years old material. Um, it's got films um, like King Lear, um, Midsummer Night's Dream, The Merchant of Venice, and the first Shakespeare film ever made, which is surprisingly King John. Mm, that's such that, an odd choice. I, I know, that really <laughs> surprised me. That's not the most widely read of Shakespearean mm. plays. Mm-hmm. And this collection of diverse silent short films are made between between 1899 and 1911 show an early cinematic approach to Shakespeare. And this is the one that I've marked out as a must-see because I'd quite like to know you know, how Shakespeare fares without the melody, the right. richness of the uh-huh. language. Because, right, I right. mean, when you take away the language, then what do you have left right. in Shakespeare? Facial expressions, gestures, grand <laughs> gestures. Yes. Yes. And then we have three films that each represent a major Shakespeare work and an era. The first on our list is... King Lear, mm-hmm. and this is a um, 70, 1971 British film adaptation of the Shakespeare play directed by Peter Brook mm-hmm. and starring Paul Schofield. And this film got some mixed reviews when it first came out and one critic said... Um, I, I One critic actually said, I didn't just dis- dislike this production, I hated it. Mm, strong I words. Tell you, I wouldn't tell you which critic that was. I don't okay. want to name any names. <laughs> okay. um, and he actually suggested the alternative title should be Night of the Living Dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> but then and there was another title who thought it as excellent a filming of the play as one could expect. And the film has been described as full of exquisite terror. 
Um, this film adaptation draws heavily on the idea that King Lear was the precursor of the theatre of the absurd, mm. so you won't be surprised to find that there are parallels with Samuel Becker's Endgame. And critics who dislike the film particularly draw attention to its bleak nature um, from its opening. Well, it is a bleak play. Mm-hmm. But then what I find most striking is the uh-huh. fact that the violence in the um, film, in the film adaptation, um, is not distinguished between good and evil characters. They're both presented as equally savage. Mm-hmm. And the actor Paul Schofield um, really leaves no room for sentimentality in his representation mm-hmm. of Leah. He really rejects the tradition of playing Leah as poor white, poor old white-haired patriarch. Mm. Maybe it has something to do with the the idea that doesn't matter if you're a supposedly good character or a bad character, violence is bad all the time. Yes, but then, you know, you're supposed to feel really sorry for Leah towards the end. I mean, it's heartbreaking because you see how the character of Leah goes through this transition, if you Mm -hmm. like, you know, in Mm -hmm. psychology, I think. You know, when that is lost, and I don't know, maybe I'm just... I don't know, I think you should have figured it out sooner. I'm he fighting with the old first already. critic, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then you get Night of the Living Dead. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the next play features a beloved power couple. Yes, Lord and Lady Macbeth. Yes. Um, by Roman Polanski. Um, it came out in 1971. And um, it retells the story of the Highland Lord who becomes King of Scotland through treachery and murder. And the film stars John Finch as Macbeth and Francesca Ennis as Lady Macbeth. And when it first came out in October 19. 71, it also got some mixed reviews. Um, some critics were really disturbed by the film's graphic violence and nudity, and mm. they really c- complained that this blatancy and literalness really didn't do much to add to the complexity of the original text. Mm. I think the graphic violence is the very thing that adds complexity to Macbeth. I mean, isn't it often the very act of brutal murder that makes him question his actions? And all that blood in his hands. Yes, yes, yes. damned spot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And yet many were particularly disturbed by the lurid manner in which Plansky depicted the bloody slaughter of Macduff's wife and children. Mm, Children are off limits, though, I agree, unless we're doing Medea. Yes. Um, one critic, um, other critics, however, praised the film for its technical excellence, saying that you know it actually, it actually added to the film's vivid atmosphere, um, its fluid cinematic narrative, and the compelling modern interpretation of Shakespeare's tragedy. Um, it was given a four out of four by one critic, mm, and mm-hmm. it was described as an original film by an original film artist and not an interpretation. And it was named the best film of 1971 by the U.S. National Board of Reviews. Mm, we should definitely check that out. And the next film adaptation is from toward the end of Shakespeare's career. Yes, The Tempest, one of his late plays, was adapted onto the big screen in 1971, um, directed by Derek Diamond and with Heathcote Williams as Prospero. And the director had wanted for years and years to film The Tempest before he finally made it in 1979. And his version of the play draws on the idea of um, the whole idea of the Renaissance world of magic. Mm. What was Jarman's approach with The Tempest? Well, he doesn't really go with the whole tradition of faithful literary adaptations of Shakespeare. He um, stays true to the text of Shakespeare's play, for sure, but then he builds around the text in ingenious ways. He introduces his own 
punk sensibility, mm. um, as it were. It mm-hmm. really blends it with the story of romance, revenge and redemption that you see in the original play. Mm-hmm. And Prospero in this film adaptation seems to manipulate the whole scheme of revenge and restoration. But characters and events threaten to go beyond the control of the internal director, Prospero. Mm. I actually saw a clip from this film. It's the wedding scene and Ariel is coming down an aisle of swaying sailors in uniforms <laughs> who are singing Harold Arlen's Stormy Weather and it was quite delightful. It was My so, goodness. It's very pretty. Yes. Very innovative. Um, yes. And now we're shifting gears and returning to Blood. Yes. Theatre of Blood is a 1973 horror film inspired by Shakespeare, starring Vincent Price as mm. vengeful actor um, mm-hmm. Edward Lionheart and Diana Rigg as his daughter Edwina. And it was directed by the um, legendary filmmaker Douglas Hickox. Um, so our central character, a man named Edward uh, Lionheart, is a Shakespearean actor and then he gets really mad um, after losing a prominent acting award. So he decides to go off and seek revenge on the critics who are responsible. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> and he does this um, by using the works of Shakespeare as a guide. He bases his killings on violent scenes from Shakespearean plays. Oh, wow. So there we go, Shakespearean wow. killings. Uh, I guess that's one very very creative way for an actor to seek revenge. Mm-hmm. And this film was reportedly um, a personal favourite of the actor Vincent Price because he had always wanted to um, a ch- chance to act in Shakespeare but found himself being typecast all the time mm. due to his work in horror films. Mm-hmm. So um, in this one though, before or after each death in the film, um, Lionheart recites passages of Shakespeare so that gives Price a chance to deliver some speeches, um, such such as Hamlet's famous third soliloquy, mm-hmm. which is... To be or not to be, <laughs> that is the question. Yes, on Mark Anthony's self-serving eulogy for, for Caesar from Julius Caesar, friends, Romans, countrymen, um, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And he also gets a chance to recite the beginning of Richard III, the famous quote, now is the winter of our discontent. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the raving of the Madlier at the loss of his faithful daughter. Mm. And that's one way for a typecast actor to make his way into Shakespeare. Well, well done, Vincent Price. <laughs> All he wanted was the opportunity to perform those lines, basically, right? Now, on to the history plays. Yes, we've also got some famous adaptations of Shakespeare's history plays being screened in Jeonju. Um, Henry V by Laurence Olivier um, was a 1944 British Technicolor film adaptation of William Shakespeare's play of the same name, and it stars Laurence Olivier, um, who also directed. The director decided to step in front of the camera. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the film begins as a recreation, um, recreation of a stage production of the play in the Globe Theatre in London. Mm-hmm. And it gradually turns into a stylized cinematic rendition of the play. That's interesting. Tell us more about how the gradual Globe Theatre to screen transformation happens. So, the film goes. Um, it follows the overall pattern of the Shakespeare's play. So you do have have um, Henry's campaign in France. So the film then shows the Battle of Agincourt in a real setting and then um, the film then quickly begins to revert to 
backdrops that are once again more and more like medieval illuminated manuscripts. Mm-hmm. And then we see the negotiations um, for the Treaty of Troyes and Henry's marriage to Princess Catherine. And at the end of the scene, the setting then reverts to the Globe Theatre, the Globe Playhouse, and the audience applauding. So we are brought back to reality mm. at the end of the scene, at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. And the film was made near the end of World War II, so it was intended um, in a way as a morale booster for Britain. Mm. And, and this adaptation, Olivier's Henry V, is widely recognised as the first Shakespeare film to be both artistically and commercially successful. Mm. Shakespeare as war propaganda. Speaking of war, the next adaptation is Richard III, starting one of my absolute favourites. Yes, directed by Richard Lon- M. Loncrane, um, a 1995 British drama film adapted from William Shakespeare's play of the same name and it stars Ian McKellen mm. in the lead role mm-hmm. a non-pareil if I may use yes. a Shakespearean word mm-hmm. um, so William Shakespeare's classic play is brought into the present with the setting as Great Britain in the 1930s so you are transported into this world of fictionalised fascist version of Britain mm-hmm. um, where civil war has erupted um, with the house of Lancaster on one side and they want to claim the right to the British throne um, and on the opposite side is the House of York and they want to is commanded by the famous infamous Richard who wants to install himself as the dictator monarch mm-hmm. there's a very famous scene in this film between Richard III and his mother played by Maggie Smith where she delivers the barbed line thou camest on earth to make the earth my hell and it's a really great scene because you can tell that the lines that she delivers really affects him in a very profound way. I can't wait to watch this on the big screen. Uh-huh. <laughs> and next is Hamlet. Hamlet, yes, of course, um, by Kenneth Branagh. A 1996 adaptation of Hamlet. And the director stars in the title role as Prince Hamlet. So yet another director who thought he'd be the best candidate for the mm-hmm. leading role. Uh-huh. And the film is notable as the first unabridged theatrical film version of the play. So he runs just over four hours. Oh, wow. It's a very long time. Wow. Then you can You're going to need a lot of popcorn. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the play's setting is updated to the 19th century, but mm-hmm. it's Elizabethan England remains the same, mm. which is a good idea because, you know, don't, it's never a good idea to do anything with the language when it comes to Shakespeare. Right, right. So what other must-see films are showing at this year's Chanju International Film Festival? Um, there is one other film that I'd like to mention. It's called Artists of Fasting, Tanshik Kwangde, mm-hmm. a film by Japanese cinema legend Masao Adachi. And this one has a literary source in the um, short story by Franz Kafka, a mm-hmm. hunger artist, mm-hmm. a story about a fasting man who becomes a spectacle. Mm. So this film is a satirical comedy and it follows a silent, nameless man who... Um, launches what appears to be a hunger strike in an outdoor shopping district mm-hmm. and you see all sorts of funny things that happen to him and you're supposed to it's supposed to leave um, you with your social message mm-hmm. that's really interesting the the idea that the the director tied the kafka story mm-hmm. to a contemporary hunger strike yes um the title of that that movie was artist of fasting if you're going to the tanju international film festival definitely check it out yes yeah, so well, i'm going so yes, yes. run into me <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we have arrived at the end of 
our hot new releases segment, our Children's Day edition of hot <laughs> new releases segment. So thank you, Helen, so much for coming in, and we'll see you again next Sunday. Okay, see you same time next week. Coming up next is today's roundtable, but first, let's listen to 설레임, or Fluttering Heart, by Green Tea.